Hello there, creatives. You're listening to the Don't Think Act podcast. And speaking of listeners, um, it's been really interesting to look at how far the, sort of, the podcast is reaching. So I just wanted to shout out to all the people listening to Don't Think Act in America, in Canada, in Belgium, in Estonia, in Switzerland, France, and Spain. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, I'm overwhelmed with the UK audience, but having a quick peek just to see where else this is being heard, it was, yeah, really overwhelming. So thank you um, so much. It's nice to have a, a varied and diverse audience. And um, I hope this continues to be you know, it continues to grow and, and, and reach people further afield. Um, I think my guests I've had on have been so inspiring and have had some fascinating, absolutely fascinating things to say about the craft and um, why we do what we do and how they approach things and how they deal with things. And yeah. So. In this episode, I'm chatting with Matt Ray Brown, a talented and inspiring actor on stage and screen with a delicious ASMR voice for your loyal ears. We chat about acting, we talk about coming to it later in life, um, the pressure to use social media and how it gets used. And uh, we also get interrupted by my postman and Matt's lovely dog. So um, there's plenty to enjoy. So thanks again for listening. And here it is, the Don't Think Act podcast. Hello. Hello, Ed. Good morning. Hey. hey. How's it going? All right. Let me just start video for myself as well. Yay! Yay! Hi, Matt. Oh, hey. you, look, you look really good. You look exactly the same. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Not oh. aged a day, damn you. You're very um, kind, sir. I'll remember you in my will. <laughs> Not that there'll be a lot in that. <laughs> what a great way to start. <laughs> you are listening to the Don't Think Act podcast with Ed Ismail. Thank you so much for giving up your time for this. No, thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's been a really great, great ride so far. And um, purely just through my selfishness of just love just talking about creativity and acting and, you know, why we do what we do, why, yeah. we're, why we're still doing what we do. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it, it feeds our souls, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, it's what, it's what keeps us going. So yeah. why not? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was actually supposed to be, I've taken a break from acting and I was supposed to be having a break because of, I've got a lot going on in my life at the moment. So I was like, can't deal with the acting side. And then I was just like, well, I need to do something creative. Yeah. <laughs> so I started a podcast, <laughs> which is taking up more time than I thought it would. But, um, but it's great because it's mine. I can, I can do it when I want, you know. It's yeah. all at my, I'm my own boss. I'm not waiting on other people. I'm not having to answer to anyone. So, so. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, Matt, we're here to talk about your acting journey. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and um, I, I imagine you're familiar with the podcast a little bit. So, you know that I yeah, like to start. I've, I've listened to the first two episodes. Wonderful. I've thoroughly enjoyed them, sir. Thank you. Very Thank good. You. Um, so, I, I love to start at the beginning. Matt, mm. so where where were you born? Um, I was born um, in Cambridge, um, actually in what was the the original Rosie Maternity Ward on Mill Road. Um, so, it, I mean, if you're familiar with Ditchburn Place, I'm not. There. No, it's it's just you know part of the the, the fabric of of Mill Road in Cambridge now. But I think it. It moved out of there in the early 70s, 71 or 72. So was I it... sort of snuck in there being a late 60s child. My reference geographically would be, would it be before the hill or after? <laughs> before, it's the town side, the Romsey side. Right, No, right. the Petersfield side, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I vaguely know where it, it could have been. God, that must have been a huge year. So yeah, and you're still in Cambridge, right? I am, yeah, and Wonderful. for a number of years, I was living living a mere stone's throw away from where I was born, thinking, "Oh dear, I haven't come far in life." <laughs> so, I've got out of Cambridge, you know. I've I've been other places. In life, so. <laughs> oh no, it's. I mean, it's one of my still one of my favourite parts of the world, and um, had a great oh, time when I was living there, and uh, yeah, lots of great memories. So, what so what was it like for you growing up there? Um, well, I actually grew up in a in a village five miles outside of town, um, a place called Fulborn. Um, and I look back and and think, you know, even though my my parents were um, thoroughly working class, a, a hairdresser and a and a builder had both left school at fourteen. Um, I kind of grew up in what felt like relative privilege for for some bizarre reason they'd managed to get hold of this massive old um ma- yeah massive old house that had one side of it was subsided so sort of you had bed a bedroom at one end of the house that sloped down and and, and guests would sort of slide out of bed <laughs> um and it had timber frames inside that were old ship beams and a, and a beautiful Inglenook fireplace, um, and yeah, and sort of grew, grew up there. And you know, school friends are always sort of quite envious, like you know, you 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 live there. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think my my my, my parents had got money from my mum's dad, who had his own building company um and that sort of helped them out and so they were they were paying a tiny little mortgage over over 25 years yeah um 
and yet it, today that that place would be worth over a million yeah but it was possibly when when they bought it in 68 or 69 absolute peanuts so how did acting first come to you Matt? um relatively late actually um i mean i i look back and you know at, at primary school we'd always done um those sort of silly things like you know get up and tell jokes or play a tune on the piano which i i cannot do <laughs> these days um and uh yeah take part in nativity plays where so the, the di distant memory sort of ha has me playing a fairly important role one year and ending up a couple of years later as as a shepherd that <laughs> doesn't say anything <laughs> um yeah and then i got i got terribly shy at school and didn't want to talk to anybody or, or you know say boo to a goose to sort of get my head down and 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 work and and learn um and it wasn't until i was a teacher actually um a, a, a local school the drama teacher one morning over coffee in the staff room just sort of slid this little, little leaflet across the table so say have you ever thought about acting matt like, no not really it's always been a bit bit shy so i think you might like this and it was a leaflet for what was then cambridge experimental theater classes run by this lovely guy richard spall um and it was just yeah you know go along on a monday night um in this little studio space in cambridge and um learn about acting and it was starting off totally physically no text no dialogue just all about the stories that we can tell with ourselves because that's kind of you know what we've got is our, our bodies and um the different rhythms that, that, that each person has and that we can adopt from others we observe and yeah uh, during the first class there so this was what sort of september 97 i think it was um yeah, I had a light bulb moment. It's just you know, bing, and uh, this is what I want to do. This is this mm. is me. Um, yeah, yeah, almost can't describe what what that feels like. Sort of making that discovery when you're what twenty nine, thirty, going fuck. Yeah, why, why, why didn't I think of this before? Yeah. Um, so I followed through those classes, did a production with them of The Tempest that was mad. It was um, promenade. So everyone on all of the time. Um, and uh, so uh, obviously a, a, an easy um, an easy scenario for, for my brother to come and, and watch and support. Um by finding me wandering around apparently in a trance as one of the lords on the island um and uh sort of whispering things in my ear to try and put me off because <laughs> <laughs> sort of the, the the audience interaction was you know it was it was welcomed you know they were free to sort of move around yeah he took advantage of that the swine um <laughs> yeah and then applied to drama school 
age 32. And at the time, all of the big ones um, said I was too old, mm. which which was really, really weird. You know, I you know, phoned up, you know, look, look, looked at prospectuses and thought, oh, it'd be great, you know, to go to somewhere like Central or, you know, even, you know, Rada um, or wherever, um, or Lambda. And across the board, I got the response of no people know what they want to do in life younger. Mm. And um, yeah, 27 is our cutoff age. Wow. Um, and so I, I, you know, I ended up at a lovely little place in, in Hoxton, um, in Shoreditch called the London Centre for Theatre Studies, which now um, doesn't exist anymore as the guy that ran it retired a number of years ago on a one-year postgrad course. So when we had people aged 22 who were you know, fresh out of maybe an English degree um, to um, people in their late 50s, early 60s that had had a whole life um, of doing other stuff beforehand. They might have done a bit of Amdram or they just sort of had, like me, that later light bulb moment and decided this is what I'm going to do. And that, that was great to have that mix there. And, of course, in the years since, all, all of the big drama schools, you know, have post-grad courses. There are people going at whatever age and starting out. Um, maybe it's to do with money. That might be my cynical mind. <laughs> No, I think well, I think there is there's there's certainly an element to that. Um because it is, you know, it is a business and it is growing and more people want yeah. to do it. And more people are finding um creativity later in life. And I think I think what's really interesting about how you started was when you said that you were going to classes where they were just solely focusing on movement and your body and yeah. how to tell stories that way. And that made me think of, um, uh, you, uh, he's since passed away, but are you aware of Sir Ken Robinson? Of who? Sir Ken Robinson. He, he's done some really... really familiar. Yeah, he's, um, he's got, he comes from a teaching background, but he, he's ended, he ended up, before he passed, just going around the world doing loads of sort of TED Talks and seminars and things and, mm. and, and talking about creativity and how important it is and how... At, particularly our education system here educates you out of being in your body and is only interested yeah. in the neck up um, yeah. and then by the time you're, you're you're ready for life you're kind of just you're in your head all, most of the time mm -hmm. um, and um, he tells this wonderful story about um, I've forgotten her name but when she was a child um, she you know she couldn't sit still in class and um, she I mean and I imagine there's a variety of labels we have these days um, and, and diagnoses yeah, no uh, 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 that would be given, you know, whether it's ADHD or, or mm. whatever. Um, but she just wasn't, she just was, couldn't, couldn't keep still. And obviously it was a distraction. Um, so her mother takes her to a doctor and, um, you know, doctor spends some time with her. And, uh, and so when he's speaking to the mother on her own, she's like, what's wrong with her? And he's like, there's nothing wrong with her. Watch. Mm. And he goes back into the room um, and he says, oh, you know, they can sort of observe her from, from 
I think behind the window, and he puts on some yeah. music. He puts on some music, and she starts moving, uh, and she starts reacting to this music. Yeah. And uh, the doctor says to her, "There's nothing wrong with her. She's she's a dancer." And she got taken to she got taken to a school, uh-huh. a specialist school for people like her who can't just be sit and talk at, but also yeah. um got to become uh, got got to use their body and their more practical lessons uh, and learnt dance and she became a successful choreographer for Andrew Lloyd Webber um, and, and 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 all his productions. Um, I wish I remember her name, and I'm sure someone is listening to this screaming it out. So I, I do apologise. Um, <laughs> You're but it's, bombarded with messages. But it's so, it's so important, and I think like because I meet people, and I think how we refer to ourselves change like change all the time. Sometimes I say I'm an actor, sometimes I say I'm an actor and a writer, and then sometimes I say mm. I'm a creative. And I know it sounds pretty wanky to some people. But wow. some people are like, oh, I don't do anything creative. And I think people do, but they're just not aware that they're creative. And just because maybe yeah. you don't have a job in the arts doesn't mean you're, you're not creative. People make things all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, it's really fascinating that also our area of creativity is still sometimes frowned upon. It's still, it's not a proper job. It's still, <laughs> you know, and all, all the stereotypical yeah. um, things that come with that. Um, yeah, we're not we're not saving lives. We're not, you know, and it's, uh, but we also don't think I, I also don't think my job is more important than anyone that saves lives. You know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's funny the attitudes towards creativity. So you've done you've had a variety of experience and I on on stage and screen. Um, mm. and, and I wondered is there one place you feel more at home at or you spotted into that you prefer or do you love it all? I, 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 I do love it all. Um, yeah, it's just, just a shame sometimes, um, that I don't get to, to do it all, all of the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I do feel that, I'm more at home on stage. Um, you know, walking into a rehearsal space, it just sort of feels, yeah, yeah. This is this is good. Mm. This is this is this is where I'm. I'm me. This is where I feel at home. Um, and similarly, you know, you know, walking out onto a stage and as part of a production, um, there's something. There's something incredibly special about that, about being part of that that live storytelling experience, where where you have the the immediate feedback from an audience, and and you feel that you know you are as well as you know the the, the walls around you of the, of the auditorium that you're part of something, part of something that's happening now, and that won't be the same. The next night and the next night and so on um and yet you know every, every time i'm on a on a set for filming i i'm, I'm just fascinated I'm, i i sort of ter- turn into this little kid that just sees all these gizmos around him and, and people <laughs> doing shit that i don't really understand and going oh wow what 
what are you doing and how does that work yeah um and then you know you yeah you, you do your scene and then you you might watch some some playbacks and go how, how did that happen um it's yeah i'm not entirely sure i quite get it but i love it yeah if you know what i mean um whereas theater i guess i've had that much more experience with it so i'm more at ease did you did you have any screen acting training before you were in front of the camera, or did <laughs> have you have you sort of learned on the job and learned to adapt? Yeah, I think I've learned definitely learned on the job. And, yeah, you know, we had a, a, a paltry three hours of recorded media um, train training. I can't really even call it training. So in anything I've I've learned, you know, pick up on, you know, pick up from job to job and watching others, um, which, you know, also fascinates me in, in the rehearsal room for theatre show. I just, just love watching other actors work. Mm. It's utterly spellbinding. Yeah. Really, it really is. And, you know, you can have those, have those, I remember well, you know, one moment in rehearsals 10 years ago for a tour, um, we were sitting there watching two main characters doing an improvisation. So they were like brother and sister and things from their past coming into it. And it was just, it was just magical. And a couple of us sitting there, you know, sitting there watching and just looked at each other. And said, Fuck, it might be our turn next. Can you, can we do that? No, can't do that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. You, every, Every every new job, there's there's something else that 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 you can pick up, and that's something else that I I I, I love about what we do. Yeah, is that you you as a performer, you're always a work in progress, and there's there's always a journey, and nothing is going to be perfect. Um, might get you know somewhere on the spectrum towards that. But there's always something else that you can do, yeah. and and also a run of a theatre show gives you that opportunity to to keep growing in your scene or or the scenes that you're doing. Just you know, testing out something else, or just suddenly you're you're struck by a moment of inspiration. Go, oh, I could I could do this. I could say that line that way, and that will have that effect. Um, and that's brilliant. Yeah, that that I find that really fascinating about sort of learning when you're even if it's more so with theatre because you get that extended times of, of repetition. But like, yeah, um, repetition is something that works for me. So the more I do something, the more I understand it. Uh, and sometimes, even if I'm just learning a monologue, even if it's just for I don't know a, a self tape, even if it's just from an audition point of view. I'm just going over and over, and there's always like one line. You just it doesn't it doesn't feel right, mm. and and just for for me anyway, it doesn't work for everyone else. And the repetition of just keep going over things and try, like you said, trying different ways of saying things, um, and and it's 
but yeah, even in a theatre scenario, it's great because you're affecting actors in different ways if you if you do something a little bit different, and then they're going to affect you differently as to how they respond. Yeah, and it's it is sort of like I always say, acting is is, is a problem solving job. <laughs> like, yeah, because totally. because you know you're telling an overall story, and your character's got their own story, and I, I always feel it's very important that your character stories have become more important than the overall story. But mm. it's certainly a stuff for you to figure out, and um, yeah, I just I just love it when you hit those sort of eureka moments. That's what what you were saying has made me think of that when you're like, oh, yeah. now I know how to say that line. Now I know what it means because if I've affected someone in a certain way, I've gone, oh, it's that, it's yes. that way. yeah. Mm. And it's and it's and it's really hard because obviously you have your director, and the director has the vision on on the project, and. Um, mm depending on how collaborative people are, because people aren't always very collaborative. <laughs> um, yeah. But, and, and I'm a person that very much like respects the boundaries of like, it's a director's job. I'm not going to tell a director how to direct. Um, and so sometimes I think you hit a point where <laughs> you think, oh, this idea is shit, but I'm not directing. So... I've got to let go of that. I've got, mm. <laughs> I've got like this is this is their thing, and if this is how they want this to look, or if this is how they want their character to come across, I don't, I don't have enough ego to be like this is my character. It belongs to me because, really, the way I think it is, it belongs to the writer first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. And if and they need to be the one saying, disagreeing with any way that um, you know, any direction things are going in. Um, but yeah, sorry, that's just made me think of all that, all that stuff. It's, it's, it's just how, how we work things out. Mm. And, and um, yeah, getting to understand, because it's really hard, even if, even if like with theatre, if you get, you know, minimums, minimum rehearsal time could be two weeks, which isn't very long. Yeah, yeah I've um, had that a couple of times. You know, and it's so scary. And it's fine if you're doing something well known or you're doing. I mean, it's not, I don't think it is fine, but what I mean is if it's, if you've got a bit of a head start because you're doing a very well-known play or you're playing one mm. character, then you've got like the crux of things. And that's all about what you bring to it. That's what you need to work out. But if you've like, if you're introduced this character for the first time <laughs> and you've got two weeks to solve <laughs> their sort of their journey from A to B, it's, it's really challenging, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I felt the first time that I was like I could call myself an actor was when I first got my headshots done. Do you remember getting Yay. headshots done for the first time? And what was that experience like? Yeah, I, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, I had the first headshots done two thousand and one, I think. Um, and it was a, a friend of mine, um, in Cambridge that. Um, recommended a, a, a local photographer that was sort of tucked away somewhere near the centre of town um, and um, it was still the days of yeah, they aren't black and white only yeah um, I, yeah I quite, quite enjoyed it quite en enjoyed just um, re relaxing with this guy having a chat 
and then he just sort of snapped away. Um, and I, th I think, you know, looking back, they were pretty good shots. Um, yeah, I do remember that. I, I'm not, not sure, not sure if at that point I felt comfortable with calling myself an actor, though. Right. That took me a number of years. Mm. Um, you know, when you, 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 you finish training and, you know, you find that you, you can't get work. Mm. Um, you can't get representation. Uh, you fall back into the day job. So that kind of becomes your, your, your life, even though your heart is, you know, crying out for what you're really about. Um, and just sort of, you know, thinking when people, when people would ask, I just sort of, you know, almost, almost balk at the, at the, at the thought of saying, yeah, yeah, I, I act, I'm, I'm an actor. So what are you doing at the moment? Um, I'm teaching. Um, so he'd feel, feel like a charlatan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, th I think probably took till probably 2005 where I did an open air tour of Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, I mean, it was pro-am, um, but around some lovely gardens, including a couple of college gardens in Cambridge. And I just had an absolute blast as Oberon and Theseus and, and had that ability to play with fellow actors, with audiences, and thought, yeah, you know, this... This, this this is the this is like the the next step on on my journey. Mm. And was it from that point? Yeah, go on. So no, that's right. Do do you think it was difficult getting representation um, because you came to it late? Was, was that a bit of a stumbling factor? Do you think? Um, it might have been. It might have been. Um, uh, it may have also been perhaps the. The, the status of the, the place I trained at. Um, you know, it wasn't one of the big guns. Mm. Um, I mean, I think out of my year group of 40 people, possibly only two, maybe three, ended up with representation shortly after we finished. Um, and, you know, we're going up for things like commercials. Um bits and pieces of fringe and at the time you know i couldn't i couldn't have even contemplated doing fringe because you know i got rent to pay yeah. and you know if you're traveling backwards and forwards and um you know not earning or getting promised a bit of profit share mm -mm. Mm. couldn't do it and that's why i you know things have things have grown so much over the years and, and equity have been absolutely brilliant in forging links with um fringe theatres and getting that get the getting that agreement so that you know actors and, and other creatives involved are actually getting getting some money for their time and for, for the heart that they put into the shows. Um but back then it's like can't can't do this. Mm. Um yeah it might yeah anyway it might have had something to do do with my age. Um possibly how green I was. Um, I, mean, I remember getting invited in to meet one agent 
on um, his, his lovely office above a big old building on Regent Street. Um, and doing a couple of Shakespeare speeches for him and absolutely cocking them up royally. <laughs> um, you know, stumbling, hesitating, sweating. Yeah. Because um, I sort of wanted that so much. It was like, oh, fuck, this is an opportunity and I, and, you know, I can't let this go because, you know, where am I going to be without this? Um, and, I, you know, and I probably um, hamstrung myself by by doing that and and the guy said look you know um i would love to take you on however i feel you need more experience behind you in order to you know to play these roles that you know you've picked speeches from mm. um and i thought well how can i get experience without people like you representing me and and you know pushing my career forward uh, um, and I think that was a conundrum that I had to sort of sort out for myself over the over the years ahead of just, yeah, going to places, seeing things, meeting people, writing, writing again, phoning up, emailing, and just sort of trying to put myself out there and grab little bits and pieces that I could over the years, and you know, until I'd got representation that would put me up for things that, that would sort of, you know, shout my corner. But it, it felt like, felt like forever until that point. Yeah. And that's nothing that you can be really prepared for. No one really tells you that. Um, there's no, there's no admin side of uh, <laughs> acting courses. Um, you know. No, or, or too little. And we, I think, um, we kind of both started out around the same time. And I think it's, it's, it just yeah. like back then we didn't have the internet wasn't the internet like it is now. Yeah. Um, we had a book called Contacts, which yeah. I don't know if it still exists or not. Um, it exists on online, you know, it exists on online the, on the right. spotlight website. Yeah, yeah, but totally different format. Yeah, totally and do people still have to pay for the, I guess, for the access to all that information. Um, um, I wonder. I wonder if it's as much because I don't know how it works for you know access to it from the side of employers but mm. yeah for for us yeah you know we, we still subscribe to spotlight yeah. to be in there oh yeah yeah because it's, it's so important to to, ha to have your your mug and your your cv on that and that because that's where the majority of work comes from comes yeah. through yeah that platform yeah yeah spotlight is very important and i always meet one person who's just like I've managed to carve a career without having an agent, without, um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not on spotlight and, um, you know, just put myself out and I get all these jobs. And I just think, okay, like that's great. And that's wonderful. Yeah, and I'm happy for you, yeah. but you are the exception to the rule. It doesn't yeah. mean that this is what everybody can do. Um, but there have been, there have been, um, sort of unrest in the acting community over over the years about how Spotlight kind of have the monopoly of casting. Mm -hmm. And um I don't know, I think it I think it is important to, to be to have a service that certainly vets who's posting things yeah. and how professional they are. But some things do have slipped through the net 
or, or yeah. and that's that's occurred quite often. Um, but I think I think Spotlight's a really good good service, and uh, I think it's important for actor to have. And it, I mean, you're essentially you're paying for a website. You know, you can have your own website, but yeah. you're paying yeah, for people just still do someone else to <laughs> to deal with all your your changes and update your credits, and it's very you know it's become very easy to use. I think especially since it's all online now. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, the, the the majority of of agents out there will not represent you unless you are on Spotlight, because yeah. again, that's the the main resource for for casting. You know, there are other avenues as well that are, that are open for agents. Um, but yeah, you've got to be in there. And I don't know what the parameters are now to get onto it. Because when I, oh God. when I, when I, when I joined, you had to have three professional credits mm -hmm. to be able to get onto Spotlight. Yeah. Um, but you could do that if you were a supporting artist, and that's how I started. I started being mm. a supporting artist, and because I did some couple of high-profile films or TV things, I was just literally in the background. Um, that it was considered professional work. So yeah, but, it it, but I don't know. I don't know if it's the same now. I don't know if um I don't know how it works. I don't know if that would. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if it's it's got easier or not for people to get onto spotlight because I quite often see a lot of people online who who aren't and are struggling to get credits and um trying to do sort of like low budget short films yeah but um again if those are just sort of just going on youtube i don't know if spotlight consider them to be professional or not mm. um i think it's a it has become I, I mean it's become harder because now more people want to get into the business and now there's also a flux yeah. of people that are getting into the business for the wrong reasons there's all those mm. to contend with the business has changed in terms of how they cast because they're quite interested in social media following for some projects. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know. So there's always, it's never not going to be a challenge, is it? <laughs> it's never not going to be feel like an uphill struggle. <laughs> um, but here we are, we're still here, and we still love yeah. what we do. So um, years down the road. Yeah. I think as long as we hang on to why we started. I think that's what keeps me going. Yeah. Just the fun of it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that. And, and for, for me, nothing else makes sense. Yeah. No. I don't, I don't want to do anything else. And um, I don't feel anything else is, is, is me. Yeah. So that's why I'm still here. I love it. And yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's fun. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's it's tragic. It's moving. It's it's just yeah, it just keeps me alive. God. again hello welcome back um uh, 
absolutely sated the hunger. <laughs> so that's kind of a stretch. Oh. Yeah, I was feeling a bit off. I don't know. I don't know. It's like I've been talking too much. I was feeling a bit off. And I was like, yeah, I think that's just a tiny, tiny bit of yoga. <laughs> just to oh, well done. Get, get a bit more centered. Um, yeah. Now, we've talked about learning from watching people mm. um, in the rehearsal space or on set. And uh, I wonder if there's a, it doesn't have to be your favorite or anything, but it's whatever comes to mind when I ask this question. Is, is there a piece of acting on stage or screen that you've seen that has really blown you away where you've gone? It's that. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. Um, it's all right. They're all adults. Yeah, that's all right then. Um, God, so many, so many, Ed. Mm. Um, uh, one thing in the theatre that 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 stands out for me um, was seeing Pete Postlethwaite. Oh wow! Um, in this this one man show called Scaramouche Jones. Um, I saw God, probably 2006, 2007. I saw it. Um, and it's all about this clown who's turning a hundred and he's about and he's about to retire. So he's, he's just finished his final performance, um, in the big top and sort of comes backstage so the set is all of kind of like those ropes and things coming down and you sort of see the bit that the enters in and you've got some tables and chairs and he tells his life story to kind of you know be at peace with all of his demons who are if you like the audience um and he had everyone in the theatre utterly spellbound for 90 minutes mm. um uh, that was an unbelievable privilege to see that great actor may he rest in peace mm. um perform that it's, it's just incredible uh and you know i i i often sort of say to people um you know, it's this thing in that sometimes you see in, in, in British theatre acting where it's it's all very contained and um like you know, people are kind of dead from the neck down. Um it's it's not it's not alive. You know, the voice might be beautiful, but there's just there's nothing happening here. And then you watch, you know, companies from Russia and you know, you someone nasty walks into the scene and, and you feel the chill of of the other characters because they're so they're so alive physically you know pete postlethwaite was so alive physically physically in every every second of that show mm. that was amazing um i've seen a lot of other really really good performances richard e grant in um god of carnage I think it was the first tour of that he was utterly hilarious but again physically physically so so alive and it's like, yeah. it's like this guy this guy's great on screen absolutely love him and on, on the stage as well it really cuts it um and you don't often get that 
like I've seen people who I really admire on screen, and when I've seen them on stage, just I don't know if it's because yeah. maybe they've been doing stay, uh, screen for so long. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw I, I saw a production a few years back, and um, I, won't, I won't name the actors because I think it's a bit unfair, but <clears throat> they've, mm. they've had illustrious screen careers, and they came they came from the stage. Um, and, and when they were on it, when they were on stage, I was only a few rows back, but I couldn't hear them. And I was, I was in the stalls. I was like five rows back and they were, they were doing screen acting (laughs) on stage Mm -hmm. and it was great acting, but I couldn't hear them. And it's, you know, you've got to, you've got to hit the guy at the back, right at the top of the balcony. That's got the the cheapest seat. You need to know what's going on. Um, and, um, yeah, but oh, Pete Possibly, I mean, God, yeah, that Absolute. man, wonderful. He, I remember yeah, he going through a spate in the nineties of turning up in all these films and just stealing them every film yeah. he was in. Just, yeah. you know, yeah. totally. Whether totally. it was Usual Suspects, whether it was a Jurassic Park sequel, whether it was you know, Brassed Off, he, he just he could mm. do it all. He could be in any type of film. Yeah, and and even in, I think it was possibly his last picture that was. Sort of a, a, a docudrama um, about the the state of the environment and you know impending ecological disaster called the Age of Stupid. Right. He was like the the, the narrator or the um, the guardian of information in this tower surviving above the flooded earth. Um, and looking back, you know how stupid humanity was, mm. and you know trying to have loads of cheap flights, doing this, doing that, and destroying the, the planet. And he was mesmerising in that mm. as well. But and, um, so as far as screen goes, um, yeah, one one, one performance uh, again so many performances on on screen so i think i've always i think film has always been my first love in of the of the media um it would be uh um now his bloody name's marlon brando yeah randall man um in uh uh Now I'm having a senior moment. <laughs> All right, I'll go. I'll go through some Brando films. I'll start early. Streetcar Named Desire. That's the baby. Yes, <laughs> Streetcar. Thank you very much. That's very good of you, sir. <laughs> You're welcome. His his autobiography lives on my shelf just there. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 in a pile of mine in my, my parents' garage because I don't have the the, the living space. <laughs> we don't for all of my um all of my books. Um. <laughs> Yeah, in Streetcar. There's just this mm. one scene as, as as Stanley where he's there, you know, with his sweaty T-shirt and he just does does these things. You just think, where has that come from? Mm. Yeah, he was, yeah, incredible as, as a screen actor. Utterly incredible. Um, and you, you just sort of just watch and just open mouths going, but then, you know, you know, more more modern day, you know, people like Gary Oldman, 
comes yeah. up with shit that's just yeah. totally out there, isn't it? Uh, uh, right. Okay. But love watching it and thinking, all right, that's that's how you do it. Yeah. Uh, Gary Oldman is, I've always described him as a chameleon because from yeah. one one role to the next, it's just like, mm. who is this person? We don't know because he just embodies all these characters to, to the commitment that, I don't know, I just don't know how he does it. He's so wonderful. I remember I walked past him in the street mm. once and I couldn't I couldn't stop. Um but I know I just wanted to jump on him. <laughs> I was just like <laughs> I was just like, I can't, you know, that man. So many performances. Yeah. He's a great one. Mr. Oldman, if if by any chance you're listening, there's probably not many actors <laughs> out there for you. He's just yeah. He's had, a, he's had such a great career. Um, mm. And um, yeah, so so varied. Um, and, he, and I love his that, that film he directed, with, um, Nil by Mouth with Ray Winstone as well. That was an incredible yeah. film. Like yeah. really visceral and yeah. He's such yeah, a definitely. talent. Such a talent. And he's not been able to get a film directed, but not be able to get a film made since that. Um, mm. he's interviews he's like always try <laughs> yeah. it seems to be harder for it's, yeah it's so hard um, switching always so busy as a performer you know yeah well there is that there is that I'm sure he's not short of offers um, how did the uh, COVID pandemic affect you creatively um, sort of mixed really Ed um, and I, I remember going for a recall audition for a, a, a theatre show um, on the day that the, the announcement was made by, by government to, um, to the public to avoid going to theatres, cinemas and, you know, big spaces of, of, of gatherings. And um, the, the, the producer who was at the audition sort of being in tears to his artistic director, you know, said, how, because it was a small theatre, you know, how we can survive, you know, what's going to happen. And, you know, those of us in the waiting room are sort of looking at each other going, so we're, we're auditioning for a show that, you know, may, may never happen. And what, what are we going to do? Um, but, you know, as, as it turned out, um, yeah, you know, a couple of things I guess kind of kind of saved me. You know, one one was the the day job. Um it was 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 teaching and I, I taught online for an English department. Um so that sort of gave me a focus. And then creatively, um I have to you know, sort of say, you know, all all respect and and thanks to um Aaron Sidwell who I'd worked with on Henry V in 2019, and that same small theatre um, that I had been auditioning for, um, the Barn Theatre in Sirencester, um, where we did Henry V and where I worked again um, last year. Their, their creative team, Ewan Lewis, their brilliant artistic director, and Ben Collins, their, their, their tech wizard, um, they created this series called Bard, um, Bard from the Barn, and it kind of invited act 
actors that, that they knew to perform Shakespeare monologues or film them however you could yeah. at home, send them in, and Ben would edit them, and then each week they would put out um, a few of them onto YouTube, and you'd, and Aaron and um, Ben would would interview the actors that were doing the speeches and talk about the process, and also the, and they, you'd be paired up with the director, so you'd work with the director over Zoom um, to sort of get a, a really good version of that. And we we kind of did three seasons of it wow. within the course of the lockdowns. Um, so like the first one was a series of monologues and then um a lot of us who had done the first season were paired up with younger actors who were about to graduate or just graduated and come out into this void um so i was paired up with a, a lovely young scottish actor who was in his final year at rada and you know nothing was happening and so we, we did a duologue a shakespeare duologue um and worked with a lovely director charlotte conquest again via zoom uh and then i did a third season where it was kind of like a free-for-all and each time more and more actors got got involved in things and it was great to have that you know something to look forward to and to think you know how how can i how can i film this yeah and make it work um and that was yeah yeah, hats off to them for for organising that. That was a real lifesaver creatively that year. That's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I got my my postman's just at the tour. Gonna... <laughs> you did that one of your previous podcasts. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens when I'm just gonna go. He obviously knows. How can I get my fifteen seconds yeah. of fame? Yeah. <laughs> my postman has appeared on my podcast. This is the second time now. He's a. Just have to leave it there. Uh, Larry, Larry's talking to Lulu, stuck her head out the window. <laughs> oh. oh, please give my love to Lulu. Oh, I will. I will. Um, so, Matt, what part of acting do you love? Oh, um, I'd say pretty much all of it. It's such a yeah, how many years? 21, 22 years have been such a, a, a fascinating ride. Um, and, you know, even even those moments where, you know, you get, you get a phone call from your agent and, and an email with details about a self-tape or, or audition, it's like, you know, oh, yes, it's an opportunity, it's a chance, you know, to have a have a crack at something give your spin on the scene um if it's um if it's an in the room meeting which has you know become a little bit rarer these mm. days uh it's yeah meeting someone new or catching up with someone perhaps that you've you've met a, 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 an audition before um and even though that's that is scary you know the, the the nerves and the adrenaline do kick in. It's still it's still great because it's such an important part of it. I always feel that you know when you've something like that is a win. Yeah. 
you've been subbed for so many different jobs and when a call comes in it's like yeah i'm in the room or i'm on the self-tape that's yeah i'm in the mix that's good so when the job you know if you if you nail the job at the end of the day then that's 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 just a bonus Mm. um yeah there's so many bits of of this life that, that make it brilliant um is there any part of it that you don't love? Um, yeah, I suppose even even though I should be used to it by now, the the not knowing, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the the not knowing what's next. You know, there's yeah. a certain I think feel for me there's a, a certain amount of time that I'm okay with. It's like yeah, okay, there's some downtime now. I can get on with this my life. Um, get back to rowing um you know catch up with friends that haven't seen for ages also see my partner be at home cuddle the dog that kind of stuff Hmm. feed the soul um and then it's like time goes on okay that 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 last job is 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 looking like it was a long time ago Hmm. what's what what's happening what's what's next um yeah it's just my you know my my own mind probably and my own impatience at times yeah um but so yeah that that bit is the the uncertainty yeah the uncertainty it's it's the least appealing bit of the job (laughs) (laughs) following on from that then it Mm. how, how do you deal with rejection i think i'm okay with it um yeah, it's never nice, obviously. Uh but I think it is one of those things that you you get used to or or have to get used to. Um and I suppose, you know, what what softens the blow at times is, you know, when, when you do get when you do get feedback, you know, when that, that no comes through fairly promptly and they say no yeah thanks so much for taping and you know we loved watching it and um, but we've gone another way or um has happened with a with with most recent one the writers still developing the the show so and they've rewritten that that episode and and that's that character's now gone even though i was shortlisted and you think yeah that you know shit happens um but at least, but at least you can come away from that thinking, I've done a decent job. I'm on the radar. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, for your own sanity, you've 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 got to move on. You know, there's no <laughs> no point dwelling over it too much. <laughs> and you be and you you found that you've got used to that. Like you you you're capable of doing that now. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. That's good. That's good. It's hard. It's hard, isn't it? Um, oh, definitely. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the. I don't know what the right answer is, but yeah, you can't. You can't dwell. Um. But um, you do wonder, don't you? You know, what you could have done to change things, but I think ultimately it's never really in yeah. your hands, regardless of how good you are. Um. No, there's there's um, always going to be a decision that 
you you're out of control. You know, might just be your yeah. height. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone once said to me, you know, that any any day of the week there are a number of people making decisions about us over which we have no control. Mm. You know, all we can do is, you know, when we get the call, turn up, be be gracious, do a good scene, yeah, walk away, say thank you. And then move move on, because we'll we'll never quite know why it didn't go our way. No, no. And I think if we did it each time, it wouldn't help. (laughs) 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 You know, feedback's important, but sometimes I think yeah, the um, because it's a confidence game, isn't it? You've got it. You know, when you're not feeling confident, you don't perform to the best of your abilities. And I think yeah, um, exactly. it's good to keep your confidence level up and uh, have faith that what you're doing is, is good enough. And and I think that comes down to that. You need to make choices, especially in an audition scenario. Yeah. I, I coach people sometimes, like just, just friends. Um, yeah. Just, you know, say I'm doing a scene, can you help me out? And yeah. um, they're always like, oh, do you think I should play it like this or should I play it like that? And I said, well, Try it both ways. See what works for you, and then, and then yeah. make a choice. It's really important mm. that you make a choice because I think that's what casting wants to see. They want to see that you are capable of making a choice, even if it's a choice they disagree with. Yeah, because the whole idea is that you can be directed to do something differently. So, mm. but the fact that you've turned up and you've gone right, this is what I'm bringing to it, and this is what I feel about this character. Mm. It's much better than. You can't second guess. You can't. No. You know, you can't. Well, what do they want? No. Who cares what they yeah. want? Don't worry about that. When they, you know, when they pay you to do the job, they'll tell you what they want. <laughs> yes. And I think as well in the, in the, in the, in today's world of, you know, ever increasing self tapes, mm. we, we've got to be capable of doing that even more. Yeah. But because we haven't got, a casting director or or a director or someone else from production in in the room that's going to say yeah it's lovely lovely um uh, could you I'd, I'd like you to sort of you know take this note on board and you know try it try it this way and you know, just just go again um you haven't got that um so you i think you've you've got to get canny about making for want of a better for, better a way of putting it stronger or, or, or bolder choices you know yeah. be brave with with what you come up with um you know that said i know there are you know, umpteen times where i've probably made you know very sort of safe choices and sort of quite comfortable i thought oh, i think that's as good as i'm going to get it after so many takes you know, send, send that in and let's see what happens and sometimes it works and sometimes you go yeah wasn't going to be that time yeah yeah I think for self-tapes as well, it's good not to do too many takes. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you you know, a piece of art has never finished, is it? And you just drive yourself mad. Yeah, you And, uh, you know, <laughs> I think so th- I think three, about three takes maximum. The first one's always iffy because it's always a technical thing that you've got to say, you know, <laughs> yes. you might go out of frame or something. But, yeah, I think by, by about the third take, I think, 
you're not really you, you drive you drive yourself absolutely crazy yeah um, yeah i find quite a lot that on on my first takes i'm a bit sort of blinky yeah as, as you, know, you know it's the nerves and yeah. trying to sort of think of what to do next and what you know what's what's my next line yeah and then it sort of settles in the second take and you go, ah, okay yeah yeah can use that yeah we've all had to so we have to self-direct now it's fascinating oh it is definitely do you Nothing have anything to learn well yeah <laughs> as you as you said you know you can't you never stop learning in yeah. this job You've, you know there's always something to improve on there's always knowledge to be gained and Mm. Always got to get better. Um, God, yeah. Do you do you have a funny or cringeworthy audition story? <laughs> well, I'm not going to top the one from the first episode. That <laughs> just made me die. That's it. <laughs> yeah, Katie said the president. The child. <laughs> um, no, I've got, I've got, got a couple. There's one for a commercial. Um, it was just one of one of those you know bizarre things you end up doing in commercial auditions that actually was a job I got um and we were, we were like, like five or six of us in a line in front of the the casting director and we just had to imagine that we were passing boxes between us okay. and the last person in a row was next to some shelves and had to place it on a shelf so you took you took sort of the, the shape and the weight of the box passed to you and it could actually change as it was coming down the line quite hilariously as it started off this tiny little thing and you've got this cumbersome bloody box sorry passing it along and i'm just sort of thinking why why are we doing this and then it turned out that it was actually a, a commercial that never got aired um where the three of us who were cast were stacking some things onto shelves hmm. to create uh, an image right and uh, possibly the more interesting thing about that story was where where we were shooting in some industrial unit in north london where there were two other studios either side of us and one of them they were filming scenes from lewis so they'd got the um the police station okay you know we all went and had a peek when filming was quiet next door going, oh could we just sneak or hide and appear in a scene <laughs> and on the other on the other side they were doing one of the 118 118 adverts oh blimey I it, remember was those. The it was the original dudes from that yeah with yeah. the tashes and the uh sort of the sebco shorts hmm. um which some listeners might might know but just look them up they're, they're hilarious <laughs> <laughs> and uh i remember a couple of us when, when we were in the refectory at, at lunchtime being really gutted when one of the 118 guys, you know, sat down in front of his tray of lunch and he just went and pulled off his moustache. <laughs> what? I mean, it's not real. <laughs> Which really, as an actor with so many years' experience, I ought to have bloody well known. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but sometimes yeah. it's good to, you know, stay in that whole, um, you know, not, 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 yeah, because we do know what goes on behind the scenes. We, I think we do view things differently, but it's it's nice when you forget that. I think. Yeah, yeah. I suppose the other other audition was the you know, um, during COVID times. Um, first time I had a Zoom audition, right? 
that was for a commercial. It was a casting director I hadn't seen for years. And so it was really nice to catch up with her. And so it was um, and a director. And you know, I, was thinking, I was playing some arsy businessman that wanted to get rid of someone. And uh, as they exit, I just had to improvise, you know, just giving my opinion of them. And I just sort of let out, no, fuck with it. And the director, you know, laughed out now. So the casting director said, oh, that's good. So we just do another take with, you know, with some notes, change things. And then I just did, this, did the same thing at the end, you know. Oh, God, fuck with. Um, and, and the casting director sort of <laughs> had gone silent and then sort of pressed back on and said, I, th I think we just got away with that, Matt, because my five-year-old son walked in the room just at that moment. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God, of course. We're all operating out of our hope, respect. Yeah. Homes. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't get that one. Never mind. <laughs> How do you think acting or the business has changed since you started? Um, I don't know if acting has has changed necessarily. I, well, I mean, it's it's one of those things that you know, for each individual grows and and develops in a meandering kind of way all the time. Um, the industry certainly changed. You know, we've you know we've gone from the, the the things that we would have been used to originally of sending out ten by eight headshots and yeah. making sure that you know your CV was printed on nice paper. <laughs> probably watermarked that you'd spent shed loads on and going to the post office all of these you know do not bend hard backed envelopes yeah. and maybe an sae inside and you'd get if if you got anything back the photograph would have been folded so it's like can't use that one again <laughs> yeah. um so it's nice that everything feels so much simpler because it's it's online and I, I think as well, but, you know, other people might shout me down about this. Um, it's easier to feel connected yeah. within this industry, you know, thanks in part to, to social media, um, you know, to people like you, you know, coming up with podcasts. Um, and, um, yeah, various people or companies that that run sort of zoom seminars and um you know with casting directors with agents with directors or, or, or writers or other actors um so you can you know tune into those and sort of feel that yeah you know that information is accessible hmm. um whereas you know 20 years ago no that didn't exist didn't have access to to that that might have been for the, the the privileged few um and yeah you know e email and 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 the internet that, that brings us all in a way i think a bit closer probably with you know its own individual set of stresses too because you, you do get you know i do worry sometimes about about some people who feel pushed into almost putting their entire lives online so that that followers can follow their story and engage. No, why, why do that? You know, you, you, we've got to keep something private. Yeah. 
about about what we do you know share our our successes you know share other people's successes um but yeah you know do do we all want to you know share photographs of ourselves in our underpants when we've just got up but you know too early at six o'clock in the morning because we've got to be on set and our eyes are pouring out of our heads we drank too much last night and yeah and do it um, <laughs> but i think people get sucked into that and that's yeah. one of the dangers yeah there's um there's there seems to be like a uh a need to let everyone know that we're busy all the time it's like i'm doing mm. something i'm doing yeah. something I'm doing something but what you're doing is <laughs> telling me you're doing something <laughs> yeah um so but yeah i'm all, I'm all about celebrating the wins and i think it can be mm. it's a double-edged sword the whole um when you've got people sort of saying you know i've bagged a role in this or I've, I've, you know but i i think it's nice to share people's success but it can also be you can also go the other way. You can also think, well, I've got nothing to post about, so that must mean I'm not a success. Yeah. Um, I've failed this week. I've failed today. I'm not, I don't know. Um, I know. It's, it, you know, so, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's hard, very hard yeah. to have that social media can have that effect. Um, and I think some, um, I, I, I feel as well for, you know, some actors out there whose who's agents will, will, will post about that actor having an audition that day or you know just sent in a wonderful self-tape from so-and-so to mm. so-and-so fingers crossed think that the pressure i'm not a fan of that kind of communication no I, I i don't i don't think that's good and i also think also because an audition is like a job interview it's, yeah. just, it's a confidential process mm, totally. it should not be made public nah. um that I, and I know, and I know, as I know, it's changing, and maybe I'm just old school. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think I don't think that's a good thing to be like, oh, so and so's got a, an audition for for this company or or this casting director. Because mm. um, you know, there's a, there's a whole NDA process. There's a whole you know, you know, you can't really be talking about any projects, and you shouldn't really be hinting towards anything either. And. Yeah. Um, you know, you can you can sound the klaxon if they get the job. That's great, but if they don't, Definitely. it's not going to make your client feel great. No, and you know when mental health is is such an important thing. You know, um, that just, that creates pressure that I, who no one needs that. Yeah, don't don't do it. So my my the dogs just arrived for a bit of attention, so it's it's oh. a distraction. What kind of dog do you have? Oh, sorry, she's knocking into the stand there. So, like, <laughs> sorry if that sort of echoes in your ear. Um, little Patterdale Terrier. Oh, cute. Very sweet, but she's currently got a um, an inflatable um, collar on. Oh. Uh, so she sort of got skin irritated by by fleas. Poor oh, thing. well, that's harsh. Yeah, and now she's just fasted. Thank, thank you, Patty. That's, that's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. I've never had anyone pass out on a, on a podcast before, so this is, a, this is a, an exclusive. But, but don't think I yeah, <laughs> believe me, they're not nice.
So I was going to ask, what what do you know now that you wish you'd known when you started? Hmm. Blimey. Uh... I don't know. That's, that's, I think that's blown my mind. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I know that's a bit of an aside or, or, or a swerve from, from the question. Um, you know, I, I kind of wish I'd known that acting was for me earlier than I discovered it. What, what do I know now that I didn't when I started? Um, I think it's probably something I've learned along the way that um, people out there that um, so many many of us you know see as as gatekeepers, like agents casting directors and, and so on aren't gatekeepers you know they're they're people you know working to put dinner on the table just like the rest of us and, and pay the rent or the mortgage or whatever and and are putting themselves on the line each day for a job hmm. you know and an agent's going to put forward their clients that you know will hopefully do their reputation good out there in the industry um and make sure that they're looking after their clients properly casting directors you know are only as good as the the, the last job they've cast yeah um and are you know touting for the next one and so i've got to bring in people that reflect well on their knowledge of the industry mm. um so you know we're all after that gig that that work and you know i know casting directors i've listened to you know time and time again you know say we want you to do well we want you to succeed we want you to come in the room and shine or send in that tape to make so everyone go yes that's who we want to hire um and i think that's quite well i hope that's quite a comforting thing it's for me, you know, to think, you know, it's not, we're not just being tested all the time. That, that people are rooting for us. Yeah. Yeah, we all, we kind of want the same thing, don't we? Yeah. You know, the creators want to tell their story and the, uh, and the people behind the scenes like casting directors and agents all want to get you to that point. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's very it's very easy to think of just yourself, isn't it? I think when um, from an acting point of view. Yeah, I certainly did at the start. Yeah, I didn't feel competitive against other actors. Mm. I never have done, um, but I certainly felt that you know there there was a divide between different people in the industry, and and you know I had to kick down those doors and push through that gate mm. and that was just a disastrous way of thinking yeah we need to see it as a collaboration don't we yeah god totally totally yeah so i have learned something <laughs> <laughs> of course you have. <laughs>
And um, is there a piece of advice or direction you've ever received that sort of always stuck with you that you've been really sort of inspired by or, or carry with you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Hmm. Um, all words to those effect from the, the, the lovely Andrew Jarvis, who was my Shakespeare tutor at drama school. And he said very early on, you know, you know, don't, don't rush. Mm. You know, got the rest of your lives ahead of you in, in this industry. Take it day by day. Um, because I think, you know, we, we all, you know, you, you come out there, you know, fresh faced and bushy tailed and yeah. Got to get a job straight away. You got to get representation straight away. You know, or, or if you don't, you, you have no worth, no value. Um, we're constantly trying to live our lives yesterday, rather than looking forward, and also looking around us at what's out there and at, at the various opportunities that that life affords. And if we're hung up on one tiny thing, what are we doing to ourselves? So I, I, I love that, and the idea that it's a, yeah, it's not a race. It's important to live a life as well because it it, it adds so much yeah. to the work. Yeah. Uh, the older the like the older I get, not the easier acting becomes, but the, just the more I understand. Because the more you understand about life, then the more you understand about the stories you're trying to tell and how you can. Put those experiences yeah definitely into characters yeah um but yeah yeah I, I like that yeah it's true it's not a sprint um it is a marathon and i think um someone on twitter the other day was um a big a bit sort of uh they were stuck in a casting bracket or i'm um, not, not quite they were so they're Oh, what did they say? They said something like they 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 look too young to play the age that they are. Yeah. Um yeah. but they couldn't they couldn't play but they're not they didn't look young enough to be a younger age, sort of like mid they were sort of like mid mm. they were mid to late twenties and they were sort of stuck in it. They're saying like I'm absolutely stuck at the moment. Uh-huh. So I just replied and I said, Don't worry, this business isn't going anywhere. There's plenty <laughs> of acting to do. This will this will pass, and you know there will be opportunities. Like things will open up. And so just just yeah. you know you have to take those roles, unfortunately, sometimes. And Certainly. and it all depends on what sort of casting at the moment, what stories are being told, because that changes all the time. So yeah, it's hard hard to be patient though. Like you say, we're so hungry for it all the time. Yeah. That that hunger never really goes away. But I think yeah. the, the the longer you stay in that. You know, in the industry, the the more sort of um, you get to know how things are gonna, how things work, because you just mm. you do feel like it's a bit like I think we have an idea about acting sometimes, like it's about sport where you've only got until you're like you're a certain age, and then your your legs are gonna run out, and that's it, and then you can't do it anymore. Um, and um, you know. Some people start so late, and some people start, you know, much later than you than you did. Yeah, um, yeah, do. Some people like were jobbing actors. Uh, like Brian Brian Cranston didn't get like Breaking Bad until he was in his fifties or something. Mm. 
And, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's hard. I mean, we can't all be Brian Cranston, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, no, he's uh, a phenomenal performer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's def- yeah, learning to have a bit of patience to know that, all right, it's not this one, but it will be, it will be, it might be the next one. It will be something yeah. else. And that kind of comes back to you talking about how the time between jobs as well, the uncertainty. We live in yeah. uncertainty. And, um, and again, so yeah, do, you know, having a life is really important. Having other things that bring you joy outside of, uh, outside of this is important. Um, mm. to sort of touch upon your, your, your mental health comment because it could, it will drive you absolutely mad. Um, is there something you'd like to achieve that you haven't yet? Um, yeah. Um, I'd love to work at, at Shakespeare's Globe Theatre. Brilliant. Absolutely. That, that, that has always, well, yeah. All, all the time in my career that has, that has, has been there. And, I was reminded of it yesterday because I got lucky enough to accompany a, a school group from the school I do some supply work at to, to the Globe to see Macbeth um, and sort of, you know, share share the magic of that place with his year 11s. Um, it's just it's just such a, an amazing space. Um I, you know, and I, even though I haven't had the opportunity to do it for a long time, still, you know, love open air theatre. There's that. There is that magic about you know being able to see the audience, you know, and, and share something with someone directly and look and look them in the eye and draw them in. Yeah, I mean, that's. That's that's where I'd, I'd I'd love to play, and see what happens. Yeah, there's nothing like that unspoken connection, is there? When you're on stage and and you, I don't know how to describe it. Like you, you could when you, when you're, you have that feeling that you're carrying the audience with you. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I don't know if that yeah. makes sense, but like you that just does. know that yeah. when when you know, particularly when you're at your best and you and you know they're sort of hanging on to every word, and well, not just you, you know production you're in or whatever it's just um you could just feel that uh the attention um mm. and not in a attention seeking way but just like the attention they're paying to the story and and how invested they are um i like an interactive audience that sort of gasps and <laughs> and laughs and yeah there was a there was a bit was on the on on the train home from from london yesterday one one of the one of the boys so I said, did, did you, uh, Mr. Brown, Mr. Brown, did you hear, hear that, uh, that bit where, um, uh, when, when the boy was, was killed by, by, by Macbeth uh, and someone in the audience said, oh, no. I said, yeah, I heard this. That was me. <laughs> oh. And I said, don't, don't worry, Jan. You know, the, 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 the actors will have come off mm-hmm. and there'll be comments. Around, did, did you say that when I went when I, and throttled him? And someone went, oh no, oh that was great. The the you know, the actors will love that. Yeah, will know that they've they've in, inspired that moment of of connection. It's, I couldn't help myself. I was just in the moment as well. 
perfect <laughs> perfect yeah and that's that's great isn't it because that kind of goes back to what um to, to the first episode of this when katie was saying about how you know an actor's job is to affect the audience's breath i love that yeah yeah that was such a golden nugget that was mm. yeah that's so true and the, yeah, when you have when you can make someone react like that, <laughs> you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. Job done. Um well, Matt, I won't keep you much longer. Thank you so much for giving up your time. Oh, absolute pleasure, Ed. Um it's been so insightful and just inspiring and lovely to listen. And um Thank you. As you're aware by now, I finished these with the uh the ten Short 10 questionnaire, uh, 10 questions yeah. from Bernard this Pivot. The, mm, this is the scary bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, bless Bernard Pivot and thank him for, for inspiring my favourite interviewer, James Lipton, from inside the actor's studio. Yeah. Um, so here they come. What is your right. favourite word? Um, Catadamalian. Say that again. Catadamalian. It's catadamalian. Catadamalian. Tata with a T. Yeah. All right. What does that mean? Um, I think it's like a, a sort of word for tramp or vagrant. Oh. Uh, it's a, quite a, an old word. There's a, um, a late friend of mine, um, David, was fascinated by the English language. Um and uh, yeah, he would have a have a dictionary by the bedside, and we just sort of flick through, look up a word, and sort of remember it, and then sort of the next day say it to you, and you're going, "What, what the fuck is that?" <laughs> and he'd come up with some amazing words. It's just, and that's, I don't know, the imagery of that as as oh. well. Um, you know, the the the, the tatter says you know has an obvious picture i'm not sure about the demalion um you know i've not not you know as a that, linguist it myself, sounds french it kind of does yeah yeah it must have some kind of origin of you know, being a linguist myself I've, i'm normally interested in the etymology you know, the roots of words but that's yeah. of, i might have looked it up a long time ago but but it sounds nice yeah it does that's why I was quite shocked by <laughs> the yeah, definition. <sorry. laughs> no, no, don't be sorry. I blame my mic. It's a great, that's a great word. Um, so, what is your least favorite word? Oh God. Um. I can't think of any one. But it would be any any word that an, that appears in the typical corporate misuse or abuse of the English language, okay. such as you know blue sky thinking or let's action that, um, <laughs> or, or where it just becomes meaningless. Management speak. Yeah. 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 And the the the. the Different walks of life are rife with it. Yeah. 
you see it in educate i see it in education a lot mm. um oh god yeah um yeah a colleague that i saw yesterday um uh heard someone from management uh talk about professionality i mean what even is that <laughs> brilliant yeah, uh so anything that falls under that rubric for me no that's fair that's fair what turns you on creatively spiritually or emotionally um this job hmm. all all of those things in in a bucket be it being in a room with 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 fellow actors yeah exploring a scene watching them playing you know it's it's fucking amazing. Yeah. And what turns what turns you off? Um dishonesty. Hmm. This is my favorite one. What's your favorite swear word? <laughs> I can't say it on, on this podcast because even though it's for adults, you know, it's 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 a family show. Um, <laughs> but you can probably uh, when listeners out there guess which one it is. Well, um, you don't you don't have to just... say, but I I suspect <laughs> it's already been said. Uh, uh, possibly, and it's certainly not on the two podcasts I've listened to. No, 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 no. Well... Uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, and I mean to to quote without repeating it. Um, I'm probably sure someone in future podcasts will say it, and I'll I'll be damned. Um, <laughs> To to quote the, the the wonderful Derek and Clive, this particular word in the hands of Pinter, <laughs> magical. Oh. Or a well placed one is, hey. as people say. Got it. Got yeah, it. It's that one. It's that one. Fair I enough. just I I still laugh at it like a child. Yeah. It's, and what sound or noise do you love? The sound of water. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it can be the, the sound of the sea um, or rushing water over a waterfall or in a river as it's flowing. Um, and e even when I was staying in, in Stratford, um, earlier this year on 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 work uh the the digs i had sort of looked over one bit of the river avon and it was close to a, a weir so all day long there was that constant rushing and, and at night time you're know, going to bed there was just something reassuring about that mm. you know, tra people tranquil that, doesn't that yeah does that doesn't, doesn't that piss you off <laughs> no no it's great I just drift off to the sound of water. It's beautiful. And what sound or noise do you hate? Screeching. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because it, it cuts through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's quite a common answer. Mm. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, I would have loved when i was younger to have been a professional squash player um 
but yeah, I I didn't have the I didn't have the the staying power for it or or that kind of selfless determination that that top sports people have that they single mindedly go go after that um, uh, or artist. Hmm. You know, I always drew and painted as, as as a kid. You know, it's one thing I could do well. Um, and over the years, just now and again, sort of dip dip into it and sketch a bit. But I was too too self critical with it. Yeah, it's like no, that's that shit. Um, so yeah, you know, professional sports person or or, or artist. Brilliant. And what profession would you not like to do? Any office job. That's an anathema to me. I don't know how you know, old university mates of mine, you know, you know, work in the corporate world, banks, accountancy, and so on. Um, I couldn't do it. Yeah, and it never, it's never attracted me. Not even the money side of it. Nah. And lastly, if heaven exists. What would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? There you go. I do exist after all. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, you've been brilliant. Thank you so much again. No, it's been awesome. Awesome to see you and to chat to you, Ed. Yeah. Is there, I mean, is there anything you want to plug or anything you got? I don't know if you've got anything to plug. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I always ask just in case. I wish. I wish, you know, all those people out there who are starting jobs today or going to an audition, break a leg yeah. and knock them dead. Right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have the rest of the day. And thank you again. No, oh, it's been awesome. Thank you. Cool. All right, Matt, we'll take care. All the best. Cheers. No, and, uh, I'll see you on stage or on screen, hopefully, soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, in, in, you know, Enjoy your time away from the madness. I will do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting used to it. <laughs> Good man. All right. All, all the right. best. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. So that was the absolutely lovely Matt Ray Brown, who, I don't know. What do you think? I think, Matt, you've got a shot of being the next James Bond. I mean, you know, you've got the looks. You've certainly got the talent. And um, I think I think you'd make a good Bond. But, you know, Unfortunately, I'm not in charge of casting. Um, you've got to have love for anyone referencing Derek and Clive. Um, I don't think Derek and Clive could exist in this century, but um, back in the day, they were fascinating. Uh, a fascinating twosome to listen to, uh, brought to life by uh, the wonderful Peter Cook and uh, Dudley Moore. So check them out. Um, Gillian Lynn was who I was trying to remember. Famous Gillian Lynn. She's got bloody theatre named after her, I'm pretty sure. Um, so she was who uh, so Ken Robinson was talking about. I'm going to link the uh, the pet TED Talk in the show notes because if you've not seen this, uh, please watch it. And uh, I just want to shout out to my friend Danielle living in Canada. She was the first person to show that to me. Um, we were working in a theatre uh, on a house and we were on a break and uh, she was watching something on her phone. 
and she, I was like, what are you watching? And then that's that's what it was. And it was, oh God, I changed my life. Um, so maybe it will have a profound effect on you. I hope so. Uh, so yeah, I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please give me a five-star rating. Please subscribe. Please tell someone else about it. There's tons to gain from listening to these interviews. Um, and there's loads more coming up. So thanks again. Uh, any feedback, if you want to be on it, if you've got a cringe, worthy audition story, please email don'tthinkactpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, all the links are in the show notes for, for how to contact me if you want to contact me by social media. That's, that's fine as well. I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, stay creative, everyone.